Welcome to The Box Gathering. You can visit us at www.theboxgathering.co.uk. Here's your next episode. Hi everyone, episode 74 of The Box Gathering podcast. So what am I going to talk about today? A couple of things. So firstly, just a little bit of a uh, update on um, what I've been doing this week. So at DICE, been looking at different ways of uh, designing practices around um, opportunities or taking taking advantage of opportunities uh, when sparring, so uh, or otherwise known as affordances, and looking at a few things around that. And I do want to speak about that um, in weeks coming. So I'm just kind of like working on different things at the moment, um, how to kind of bring that out. Uh, also, yesterday uh, I did a level one refresher course. Uh, with Richard Powers uh, from England Boxing with several of um, several coaches um, refreshing for their level one online um, and some really great people there working with some really great people sharing ideas resources with them uh, so that was a three-hour England boxing course some really really good stuff going on there um, what I want to talk about talk about today is uh, if you've gone back through the sort of catalogue of podcasts, episode number four, I talk a lot about metaphors and proverbs and, and how they can be a really powerful thing within within coaching. I just wanted to share a few things that we literally have up on the wall at Dice. So we have this kind of big whiteboard, which is around about eight or nine foot high. Um, so it kind of towers over the gym and you can see it. So anyone that's been in there, uh, you can see that. But what I'm also gonna do is I'm gonna post that on the socials. So I'll post that on the Instagram very shortly. Uh, and on the Facebook page and on Twitter um, so you can actually see some of the kind of scribings that we have. So what we do is um, we write down a lot of uh, metaphors or, or sayings, um, some that are quite commonly known, some are a little bit more sort of personal to us or little bits and pieces that I've sort of developed over the years. Um, so the reason being metaphors are very much a, a shortened way of anchoring um, understanding if that makes sense. So rather than describing and going into sentences and sentences about what you want people to do, you kind of shortened it into almost like a hyperlink of, of behavior. So if you, if you want to see something happening, um, you can actually say that little proverb or little saying, and the people know exactly what you mean. And it's just a very quick way of getting that information over. So you're not overloading that work in memory. Uh, you're not sending it haywire and you can get those kind of responses. So it's a bit more of an efficient way of of working, efficient way of training, if, it, if it's an agreed language that you, um, you share with the boxer and they share with you and, and with each other. Okay, so um, just what um, I'll bring out a couple in this, uh, in this podcast today. So um, tens and nines. If a, if a dice box is listening now, they're probably smiling because I often say tens and nines. So boxing rounds are scored 10-9, 10-8, 10-7. Um, and the fine lines that you see um, are often uh, the difference between boxer, the red boxer getting a 10 or the blue boxer getting a 9, for example. Um, it's that fine. The amount of shows I've been to recently where, um, hold on, just letting a police car go by. Hopefully he's not nicking me. No, he's not. Off he goes. Um, hopefully the difference is those little fine tiny little margins so whenever we're doing anything at all really if it's a bit more graft and effort based it could be a run it could be strength and conditioning uh, it could be a circuit we often will shout out tens and nines because we know it's a difference so at, yeah at these shows recently i've been seeing so many um 
so many split decisions. It's almost like unanimous decisions are becoming a little bit more few and far between. Um, I was at Colchester the other day, lots of split decisions. Um, where else have I been recently? Um, the Brighton and Hove show at the Metropole, lots of split decisions. Been really interesting. So the tens and nines is almost like a way of saying, if you want a 10, you might need to do that little bit extra. You might need to think in a little bit different way, otherwise you get the nine. And it's so fickle in terms of the decisions. Um, those little behaviors, behavioral changes, a little bit more effort here, a little bit more focus there can make all the difference. So we're often shouting tens and nines, and that, and that, that kind of resonates quite well, and you often see the, uh, the efforts just rise up. Um, another one we often say is close the circle. So that's nothing really to do with tech or tag, Close the circle is about communication, right? So communication basically coming from the word community, community meaning together, being together. So communication and close the circle. So I often like if we are, if I'm messaging a boxer or emailing a boxer or speaking to a boxer, I want some kind of reply back. So I want to know that it's resonated um, and that they have actually received the information uh, and likewise, if someone messages me, I will, I will close the circle and I'll put a thumbs up or something like that just to say that I've understood. If I'm not sure they've understand, then I'll do, I'll do my check for uh, understanding or check learning. So I'll simply say, so what do you think I mean by that? Or I'll ask something pertinent to that question. So when do you think we should do this by? Or how will you actually do that, uh, that exercise? Uh, once they give you that clarity, then it's, um, you know that they're on the right track rather than asking poor questions like, do you understand? Very poor question. If you ask someone, do you understand? They're often gonna say yes, even if they don't. So you have to be very specific in those questions. So closing the circle is a really important part uh, of communication between coach, boxer, boxer, coach, and even uh, boxer, boxer. Um, something I always say in coach education as well is uh, flat feet, flat performance, flat nose. All right, flat feet, flat performance, flat nose. So. What I mean by that is simply a, a very small aspect of a, of a technical issue. If you are setting your feet massively, it's very, very hard to move and adjust. Um, in pro boxing, it might be a little bit more important because um, sometimes actually setting the feet drives power through the kinetic chain and, and through and onto the punch. Um, but with amateur boxing, you know, it's three twos, it's three threes, there needs to be an element of mobility. So you've got an element of stability and mobility. Stability tends to come from a little bit more flatter on the feet, where you've got a greater surface area connecting with the floor, so you're more balanced. Uh, but we need to be mobile to ensure that um, the boxer can move, adjust, and make all those little adjustments they need to do. So you need to be up on the toes. You've got mobility um, versus stability. So I'm always talking about that rear heel off the floor, the knees bent, two little springs pushing in and out, readjusting, recalibrating the range, recalibrating where they need their feet underneath them so they can punch, so they can defend under pressure um, at any time. Okay, so often just bringing that one out. Flat heel, uh, sort of flat feet, flat performance, flat nose. Just kind of bringing that back to back to the fore, bringing their attention back to some of the the little more intrinsic things that they need to know or need to be consistent with around their their stance and their movement. Um, IPR. What's my IPR? So I'll often ask ask the boxers what their IPR is. Um, sounds like a booze, but it's not. IPR, instant positive response. Okay, something I got from Dan Abrahams. Um, a really uh, fantastic um, practitioner, sports psych practitioner. Um, instant positive response. So 
there's going to be lots of situations during a bout, during a round, during a training session where things are going to go wrong. Okay, they're not going to go the way you, the way you want it. Now, firstly, it's, it's kind of about are you actually embracing that failure and using it as a signpost to make you better? We all obviously know that if we're constantly failing, it's going to destroy confidence, uh, and that's not where we want our boxers being. But we also know that far too much success means they're not going to be improving because there's not enough challenge there. All right, but there's going to be times where they're going to fail, they're going to lose about, they're going to lose around, they're going to have problems in the gym, and they need an IPR, so an, an instant positive response. So, what does that maybe look like with body language? What does that look like within the next two, three, four, five seconds? What you're going to do? Um, for example, if you ever watch Lomachenko, he rarely gets caught, but when he does get caught, he'll go on the onslaught for about 10, 15 seconds absolutely eradicating that punch from history like it never happened. So he goes on a very positive uh, change of pace, puts his body in a position, he lets his shots go, and he kind of like wipes people out. Now I know that's a, you have to have the ability to do that, but that seems to be his IPR. Some people's IPR might be to fire back, some people's IPR might be to get on their bike and move their feet, and some people's IPR, which mine was, was just to get my jab going. So if I got caught, it'd be, okay, just re-establish that range, get your feet underneath you, get that jab going, and start kind of control-alt-delete. You know, the computer goes, press control-delete, and let's get everything reset. So asking and reminding them what their IPR is, but you have to set what that IPR is, and people have to work on that and know that there is a way of controlling uh, and bringing yourself back when something not so positive does happen. Uh, PBP, so I might shout PBP, or they might actually say PBP to each other. So PBP, position before punch. So rather, telling, rather than telling the boxer, hold the center or, or start moving here or start moving there, just a simple PBP, and the boxer will kind of recalibrate where they are in the ring. Are they in a very optim, um, optimal position to start their attack? Um, or to start the defense depending on what they're doing. So where are they standing first and foremost? Uh, and PBP is something we're starting to drill in uh, now uh, as a very short metaphor or proverb. Okay, here's another one. Sounds a little bit academic. Commas not full stops. Commas not full stops. So you may have a boxer who's attacking uh, and how many times do you have, hear this little buzz phrase? Go again, second phase, third phase. Phases, phases, phases. It, for me, it just seems almost like this kind of um, buzz, buzz phrase, tactical buzz phrase that everybody latches onto and shouts. But very seldom, actually, when you hear people saying phases, phases, does the boxer actually defend and go again? So phase attacks being attack, put a defense in and go again and defend again and go again, whatever that might be, trunk, hand, speed. Um, doesn't really happen that often. Um, that so. I find that kind of quite interesting. So what we try and keep it is quite keep it quite simple and say commas not full stops, or we just kind of bring it down to commas. So a comma in a sentence means the sentence is still going. So there's still words within that sentence. So rather than going bang, bang, full stop, and then kind of resetting, waiting for things to go again, you're putting pressure on by actually going back in again. So commas, full stops, getting them to actually write these sentences with their actions rather than just that full stop on the end. Now, sometimes you do need to put a full stop on. You know, you finish, you might stick on the jab, or you might finish, make sure you're finishing the exchange uh, with the last punch so the referee and the judges can see that. Um, but in terms of the sport, it's important to have that kind of attack, defend, attack, defend flow. Um, so 
pushing your feet back in again or moving your trunk or, or, or coming back with a counter punch off your hands is really important. So commas not full stops if you feel like the boxer is, is missing opportunities uh, to go back in. Um, here's a weird one. I'm, I'm not entirely sure if I've said this before in another one, but um, pick me up on it if, if I have. Um, I often say, so when do you rob a house? So when do you rob a house? So boxers are throwing punches. They're not landing. Uh, they've been unsuccessful. Boxers are usually defending them, especially with their hands. So I will ask the question, when do you rob a house? And they know the answer comes to, well, when the, when the person's not in. So you don't rob a house when the person's in the house. Okay, if you want to go in there and steal the TV, you rob when the people are out. So the metaphor basically being, as they're punching at you, that's when they're open, that's when the front door open, the windows open, the patios open, that's when you can get in and steal. That's when you can connect and hit them because their punches are now left their on guard position, so they're, they are more open. And let's be honest, a lot of times if you see any kind of capture picture, you'll see a boxer throwing a punch and their non-punching hand is in not a good position. Not a good position at all. So they often might be 100% open. The head may move, yes, etc. But that would be a good time. So if people are knocking on the door and no one's answering, they can't land. Okay, well, let's get them to faint and trigger for them to punch and then they're open. So I often shout, when do you rob a house? And people understand, yeah, I need to start actually making them punch before I do because I'm not getting through at the moment. Okay, so um, what else we've got? Lots and lots more. Like I say, I'll post the picture. Um, the final one has got is what's your win? Okay, what is your win? W-I-N, what is win? Win standing for what's important now. Great question to ask before a boxer walk in, walks into a spa. What's important now? What's your win? So rather than going in and just kind of doing their spa, thinking, okay, have I actually got a focus? And I, am I being purposeful? Am I being intentional about actually what I want to achieve in this spa now? Rather than hoping I, you know, inadvertent commas, win the spa. What is it that I need to be doing so I can actually start and say, right, afterwards I did achieve something because this is actually what I set out to achieve. So that could be anything like I want to work on my trunk defense. I want to work on my counter punches. I want to maintain long range. I want to actually close range down a little bit better this time. So how do we know if we achieved that we're actually not working backwards from an ultimate goal that we're trying to achieve? Um, so that's a bit more sort of purposeful, deliberate practice, you know, for, for better or for worse, but I think people need to actually have a, an aim in, a, a, an agreed goal in mind with the coach before they go in there. So what's important now, reframes it in their head. It starts reframing what their intention is for that spa. And then that should start focusing, that should then start framing what, where their attention should be. So they have intention of what they want to achieve and then attention of what they're paying attention to to actually develop um, develop that skill, develop that tactical skill set, that technical skill for, skill set, whatever it is that they're aiming for. So in summary there, just little metaphors, agreed language that you have uh, within the team, within the boxes, um, that can make things a lot more shorter and sharper. It means their working memory is not loaded up, so you're gonna get um, a quicker response around that. Uh, but it also means that if you are shouting these things in the, in the ring, their opponent doesn't know what you're talking about. So rather than saying right hand over the top, which I pulled myself on the other day at Colchester, I was saying right hand, and I'm sure our opponent heard that and then was waiting for the right hand so she didn't 
throw her jab, she was starting fainting as well. So that happens a lot, isn't it? People are smart enough to realize if you're saying something very explicit, they're gonna um, change their behavior. So you're something a bit more uh, agreed that no one else knows about, then that boxer's gonna, um, not their opponent's not gonna know and we're gonna have a lot more success. Okay, so there we go. Brilliant stuff. Hope everybody's well. Remember, jump onto the uh, Instagram page, the Facebook page, comment on what your thoughts are. But equally, if you have any little doozies that you like, little metaphors, little sayings that you think, you know, that really works really well, let's discuss it. If you want to jump onto the WhatsApp group as well, you can do. Um, just speak to me, introduce yourself to me online. Uh, and um, if I think you're not a crazy nutcase, we'll add you to the WhatsApp group and bring more value to our community of practice. Okay, guys, have a great day. See you all later. Cheers. If you liked this podcast, similar content and discussions can be found at The Box Gathering. The Box Gathering is a social initiative born out of the ashes of the first lockdown in March 2020. We provide a platform where coaches, boxers, officials and boxing enthusiasts can join together online to discuss various boxing topics. It's free to join and upgrade options offer unlimited access to all our live gatherings, campfire videos and coaching resources. Join today at www.theboxgathering.co.uk.